Hi, I'm Luxy. I connect businesses with freelance tech solutions. I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Whipple, Sovic, and Johanna to discuss the role of a Scrum Master. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's start with some introductions. Sovic, do you want to kick us off? Yes, sure. So hi everyone, uh, this is uh, Sovik Chakraborty. I am working as a Scrum Master in TCS, uh, currently based out of Stockholm. And I have been working mostly in the banking industry and have extensive experience in the Scaled Agile framework. So yeah, that's my background. Thank you. Amazing, thank you. And Johanna? So my name is Johanna Back-Valentin and I'm a freelance consultant uh, working a lot with agile transformations in different forms. Uh, taking a role as Agile coach, product owner, and currently on an assignment as a Scrum Master for a few teams. Amazing. And finally, Vipul. Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm Vipul Surve. I'm a sales program consultant and I help customers with, uh, with their Agile transformation. Currently working as a Scrum Master for a well-known bank in Stockholm. Amazing. Now that we have established a context for each of you, let's move on to the topic. You'll all have a question or statement on... Um, the role of a Scrum Master, and I'll work around the team asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Each of you will have the opportunity to give or take on the situation. Let's start with Johanna. Yes, so I dig right into it. And my uh, question would be, how should the Scrum Master, together with the product owner and the manager, contribute to the team's success without like taking ownership of the product or the customer relationship, but helping to facilitate this work instead. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, I can uh, go first. So, um, yeah, I mean, other than, you know, uh, the deliverables or, you know, the, yeah, other than that, I I think one very key aspect for any Scrum Master is to uh, take care of the team. So to make sure that the you know team has a, a safe environment that they work with, the team can trust each other. So creating that environment where you know people feel safe, people feels happy, you know about the work that they're doing, uh, you know that is very important. Uh, you know because to have a team that is happy at the end of the day makes all the difference. I mean, it should not happen that, you know, a team member is there and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he feels that, okay, I don't like this print planning. I don't like this daily stand It doesn't make any sense for me. So it, it is very important for the Scrum Master to make the team understand what is the, uh, you know, essence of each and every um, uh, ceremony that we have in uh, in Scrum or Agile. So it's, it's not that, you know, just Scrum has told us that we have this ceremony and we are having it. There's a specific reason, you know, for having each of these ceremony. So it's very important, not only for the Scrum Master, but for the entire you know, team and the organization to understand that that is one part the next part is you know to have a uh, have a team where you know the each and every member irrespective of their uh, position irrespective of their you know title feels safe they they should you know they should not hesitate while sharing any of their opinions or inputs or anything it, it can be a meeting it can be the daily stand up it can be anywhere because unless you create that environment within the team you won't have a team who is uh, sharing the knowledge or who is uh, expressing you know their views so I think other than the product deliverables and, you know, the other uh, uh, deliverable aspect, this is, these are some of the things that the Scrum Master, you know, should take care of. Yeah, I uh, really like that. And I just, um, before this call, actually saw a post in uh, on LinkedIn, like stop a manager saying, stop wasting our time coaching our agile teams, just make them deliver. And that's really summarizes the foundation of what I'm going here. Like all the things that you mentioned are about 
coaching our teams to make them feel happy and giving this great result and not about like project management and following up and follow up on the delivery. Yeah. I think it's a good response. People, do you have any? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I agree to the points that Sovik mentioned and very true. Uh, you touched more on most of the important points uh, in your discussion. Uh, I would also like to add is uh, something which I have learned to my experience is numbers motivate, whether it is the team or even whether it is the management. So if you can present your numbers, like how how is the curve going? How are we progressing? It also helps the team motivate uh, their, themselves. Okay, we are doing good. We are we are achieving our targets, or we are we are delivering value uh, over time. I, I know it it might sound uh, overkill, but it's always good to have your numbers handy. Uh, secondly, it's also important to celebrate success, no matter how small the achievement is. Because in Scrum, we always talk about incremental delivery. We don't want to have a big bang at the end. We want to have incremental. But that incremental delivery also implies that you need to uh, celebrate it when, as and when it happens. So you motivate your team. I mean, that's the whole point of uh, the fun of being a Scrum Master. You have the opportunity of motivating and um, getting the morale up for the entire team. And then uh, secondly, uh, when we have retrospectives, we focus on the positive and negative aspects. We should make sure that the positive aspects continue. The team focuses on the positive aspect. Simultaneously, also we work on the improvement. We should not let go of the improvements. Neither should we let go of the positive aspect. Both are equally important. Uh, being involved, I mean, I can say as a Scrum Master, being involved in all the phases of the development, maybe it would be um, maybe uh, ordering some firewall openings or putting an API into production. A Scrum Master should be present. It should not be a Scrum Master is outside of the team. It's a part of the team and it celebrates. Is, included in all the discussions that the team is is involved in. So the team feels very comfortable discussing their problems or whether they want to discuss about solutions with the Scrum Master too, as Sobek mentioned earlier. Uh, so it, it creates a sense of uh, a security for the team also. Uh, and then uh, results in terms of success will definitely follow if we continue on this track. So that's my take on the topic. I think that uh, those um, were really interesting answers. Um, to the question that I had, actually, and I think that the ones that I know we will talk more about going forward will lead us back into this uh, thought as well. Yes. So, uh, I mean, we always talk about, you know, uh, being a servant leader in the in the Scrum world. So my, you know, uh, question would be, why do you think that it is important for the Scrum Master to be a servant leader? Uh, so I'm thinking that uh, this uh, as you mentioned before, um, that focus on the improvements uh, and to be honest and open about your the shortcomings or the things we are not good at already within the team that requires a lot of trust within the team. Uh, and I think to get that trust, we need to be a servant uh, leader uh, to get that from the team and to really facilitate and get these kind of improvements going. I think that's that is my short answer to that, really. Very well said, Ioana. I mean, uh, I have a similar analogy for, for this aspect. I use it in my discussions also. It's like, I feel uh, a team is like uh, five fingers. None of them are alike, but together they form a team and that's what you need from your team members. So uh, from, the, from my perspective as a, a servant leader, I would really like to find which of them is my, uh, my go-to person and which of them is good at what they're doing okay some person is good at tests some is some are good at 
uh, developments among good at uh, um, problem solving, etc. So we need to find the, those niche skills that the team members have and then try to place them in those areas where they can actually contribute and help them improve and also give them a secure environment to, to even fail sometimes. It's, it's not bad to fail, but you should have a chance to fail, but fail early. So that people realize, okay, here is something which we can work on and then help them work more on their uh, strengths, simultaneously focusing on their weaknesses and help them improve on their weaknesses. So that's the whole point of a Scrum Master as a collaborative leader is what I feel from my perspective. Like he or she should be a, a person that gels in the team very well, knows the team inside out, knows what is the team capable of doing, and then try to make the team better at what they are currently doing. So I, that's my take on it. Thanks. Thanks, Vipul. Yeah, I think uh, you, you both, yeah, Vipul and Johanna, have uh, said, you know, uh, exactly what, you know, I also think of, you know, as a servant leader when we talk about Scrum Master being a servant leader. Just to complement, you know, what you both added, I see the Scrum Master role more of a person who is carrying water for the team. So you take care of the team's needs. So basically, whatever the team needs on a day-to-day -day basis or maybe on a monthly basis or on a project deliverable site, whatever is needed. So the Scrum Master takes care of, of those things. So it's not a typical, you know, uh, leader that we used to have in the waterfront model where, you know, it was command and control and they did not actually know what was going on in the ground level. So as people mentioned that, you know, it's very important that to understand who is good at what and how we can bring the best out of the, each team member. So that only you can understand when you are working on the team at a ground level and you know you know them inside out so yeah Th thanks for that amazing getting some good examples out there as well I like that five fingers not identical as well and um, moving on to ripple your sub question yeah um i had uh, a few uh, sub questions in my sub question it could be like uh, we uh, in the agile world there are a number of scenarios where scrum master or uh, you have been in uh, so I would like you to share some of your takeaways on few of these topics from your personal experiences. Uh, there could be uh, shielding the team, uh, promoting effective ways of working, uh, and finding innovative solutions to problems that the team has faced uh, in the past, based on your prior experiences, if you could just add. Sovik, you raised your hand. Yeah, yeah, I can start with uh, shielding the team, because I think that is very important in uh, today's uh, fast-paced world, where everyone wants their product as soon as possible. So I, I remember that in, it was last year, around October or November, there was a, a, crit, uh, uh, a issue that had occurred in uh, production, and it was impacting a huge number of customers for, a, for one of the bank. Uh, so obviously it was a lot of, uh, you know, calls with the management and a lot of people, you know, telling that it has to be done in one week or, you know, in two, three days. So the typical calls that happens. Uh, so, you know, uh, I went uh, with the problem statement with to my uh, team and we identified, you know, one uh, couple of developer and tester who will be uh, working on this particular uh, fix, so to say. So the expectation from the management was that, you know, this has to be delivered in next two or three days, whatever the scenario is, because they don't, uh, I mean, they want, did not want to understand what, is, what are the complexities, what are the challenges on the ground. So what when I went with that statement to the team, they analyzed the problem. They told that, okay, we know the solution, what needs to be done, but this has to be tested properly. 
we the development can be done in one or two days, but the testing cannot be done because there are multiple scenarios that we need to test. And we we cannot go with a solution into production that might fail in some other scenarios. Maybe this problem will solve, but some other uh, uh, problem will come up if we go without uh, thorough testing. And the testing will take some three to four days of time. It cannot be delivered in one week. It is an absolute uh, you know, no from our side. But if you force us to do that, we can do that, but that will be without any testing. So then I think one very uh, key element you know, for when the shielding the team comes is you know, the Scrum Master and the PO has to be aligned because in not in all the forums, the Scrum Master is present. In some forums, it is the PO who is representing the team. So both of them should speak on the same line. It should not happen the Scrum Master is saying something and the PO is saying something else in some other forum. So then I think what I did was that, you know, I went with that uh, problem statement to the PO. The PO was very, uh, uh, you know, adjusting and he wanted to listen to the uh, solution and uh, what the challenges on the ground. So he, he understood the problem that the team is facing. So then we decided that we will stick to our plan that we cannot deliver this in two days. We, we will take one week or one and a half week of time, whatever is needed for the testing to be done. And then we will deliver a proper fix that will work and that and where we have done all the functional and regression testing. So we had a bit of a tough meetings with the management where we it was hard for us to convince them because there were a lot of customer impact. But yeah, finally they agreed with that. And then we went ahead with the fix and yeah, it was a successful one. So there was no issues after that. And, uh, and I think when you are protecting the team in this manner, it also gives a sense of, you know, uh, trust or you know a, a, a safe environment it creates for the team as well where you know they feel that okay the scrum master is doing this i mean he is going the extra mile to protect me or protect the team to protect our interests so we should also do that so i think that team bonding also happens you know when, when once uh, you know this kind of uh, picture comes yeah. yeah very very nice uh, example uh, Johanna, you have Yes, I think this is a really good example that you give. And I'm thinking that how important it is that the PO and the Scrum Master are aligned, as you say. Um, and I think that what um, what is important to be able to be aligned is that we are transparent and that we have this way of collaborating. because And that leads us back to the previous question about the servant leader because that is what is needed to create this environment so that we can be honest. I have seen situations where this might, the team might go back and say, yeah, we can do it in one day or two days or whatever it is, but really they can't, but they don't dare to say that they will not be able to. And that affects the whole business in the end. You think that you do a good thing by accepting this one or two day uh, delivery, but in reality, it hurts the business more. So I think this alignment is really, really key here. Absolutely, and we are we are going back to the basic and also the question of uh, the servant leader, the collaborative leader, transparent leader, transparency in the team, in the ways of working, uh, and yeah, shielding the team. I mean that's very well said by both of you. Had very good comments here. Uh, what do you think about the second part? Uh, promote effective ways of working. Joanna, would you like to? Start? Yes, absolutely. Um, I was thinking a bit more about like what um, what effective ways of working are, but please correct me if I'm going in the wrong direction now. But what I was thinking about was um, it's um, it's easy to come from the outside and to look at how are we working here and saying if you just do this instead, it would be more efficient. And like coming in as a teacher or advisor and just this is the solution for your problem. Um, and it might give some result quite quickly, 
but there will not be like the change will not remain. Um, and I think that if you come in with the thought as a scrum master, that you you should leave this thought about making yourself look good. So you can't push anyone to work in an efficient way. They need to build it themselves. Uh, so I think that what I've learned is that you can't change. You need to build this environment that people can change. And then that will lead, it will take longer time, but it will lead to a more efficient ways of working that will remain over time so that we do these improvements um, bit by bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Very well said, uh, Joanna. Uh, so, Vic, do you have something to add? Yeah, no, I think uh, it was very well said by Johanna, uh, but, uh, you know, just to add, you know, a couple of more points from the other side of the picture, you know, on effective ways of working. Uh, so if we look into, you know, uh, uh, the way that the development team uh, does their day-to-day -day activity. So if we are not talking about the technical aspect to it, we can also look at some other aspect, like how they can improve on the, let's say, the, uh, the collaboration between the team and the business. So there can, we, we have often faced scenarios where you know there are teams where they don't collaborate with the business so much maybe they had just collaborated you know maybe two three weeks back after that there was no communication with the business and maybe some things have changed on the business side as well that the team was not aware of so i think that i, I know scrum promotes that a lot that there should be a continuous collaboration between uh, the team and the business but it is not always that happens so i think one effective way of working that the scrum master can implement is that a regular communication between the business and the team so that both the parties are aligned that business also knows what the team is doing and the team also knows if there is a slight change in the requirement or if anything has changed you know down the line so i think that is one aspect what the scrum master can look into and the second part where you know i have seen uh, you know a lot of teams doesn't follow that is that we have most of the users jira so we have the user stories in jira but for the developers they feel that it's a waste of time to you know add the comments in jira or to add any you know whatever they are doing maybe they're doing a program change for them it's just a line of code they're doing the changes but what happens is let's say after one year the developer is not there he has left the company or uh, 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 an issue has happened in production the, the developer is on leave the other person doesn't know what what he has done and he will spend days of time just to look into what what, have, what was done for that particular program change and, and i mean maybe that's just one line of change he could have you know added the module name in the jira comment and other, others could have found it easily i think that is something that even though we promote a lot to add you know comments in jira as as you, you know move forward with your stories but that is something that people often feel that it's a waste of my time but something that you know uh, i mean it's a balance between how much how much you want to add it in the jira and how much you want to leave it out so i think that is something the scrum master can also promote in a, in, a, uh, in an effective way of working it will actually help the team in the future days absolutely and yeah, uh, even Joanna has uh, mentioned the same point. I mean, I, I can uh, relate the two, uh, two scenarios here where uh, you have to make the team aware as what is they themselves have to uh, realize that this is something which is beneficial for them rather than someone else coming and telling them this is the way of doing it. It's better that you learn by doing in a way. Joanna, you want to add something? Yeah, and I was thinking about this. You mentioned the discussion between business and IT side. And I think that is such a important thing as a scrum master to put a focus on and setting up like forums or stuff that is needed in a way that it is needed between the right people. Uh, so you can have these kind of discussions 
getting everyone in the same room, that is the first step, but also making sure that they get something from their perspective. So like what's in it for me? Because if I'm from the business side and I know that this will benefit me and my role, I will be more eager to participate. And then you are on your way to creating this effective ways of working. Absolutely. Very well said, Ioana. Uh, one more example I can offer here, which you can relate to also, is uh, Scrum teams often have a lot of ceremonies, a lot of meetings that they need to go to. And often they believe uh, it becomes like a start stop for them uh, between their their work. So many a time we have received this kind of a feedback like, okay, too much of time in meetings. So what we have tried in our team is maybe it uh, works for others also is that we have tried to combine few of our meetings together. So the retrospective and the sprint planning is together along with the demo. So it's like one, one and a half hour we have booked for a two week sprint uh, and it works fine because then people are relaxed they don't have enough of start stop they can contribute to the two meetings and then continue with their work during the the two weeks period period so it's it's quite uh, it's quite nice and it we've tried it and it worked out fine so we continue doing that so yeah that's one example of we trying to make it effective for them to realize like it's not the scrum that is taking time or the meetings that are taking time we just want to be better at what we are doing yeah Joanna, you have yeah, I was just thinking about, I made a really silly mistake or kind of a mistake um, just a few days ago where exactly what you said, we have all of these ceremonies and I tried to map out like how are we really working and progressing within the sprint. And for the days where we had work that should be done, I added like these are work days. And then I was like to, um, told by the, my colleague, and I realized like, yeah, of course, all of it is work. It's work, it's yeah. Work. It's not like we have the meeting and then we do the work. The meeting should help us. And it was so self-explanatory, but still it makes this differentiation by adding like work days. It was so silly, but I think it's really important to realize that the ceremonies help us in progressing in our work. I think that was like, uh, I knew it, <laughs> of course, but it was so important to have it in writing in a good way as well so how we communicate and talk about this meeting as well so you don't feel like you're only wasting your time in meetings you, they are contributing to your success uh, okay. what you Ab absolutely and it takes courage to admit your mistakes i mean yeah. uh, and that's also one, one thing that we were discussing yesterday uh, uh, it's like you need you need to be open to say that i did something wrong and then try to give a solution and then try to make it better rather than just hiding your, your problems or mistakes. So very well said, Joanna. So if you have something to add. Uh, yes, I mean, you just reminded me when you spoke about, you know, the too many meetings. So actually, you know, the last PI, when we went into that after, after that we had the PI retro. So there, this was one of the most voted uh, outcome of the PI planning is that people are, I mean, having too many meetings, people double booked, triple booked in their days and they are not getting any time to do the actual work. Work. So I think one thing you know that came out from that meeting is that uh, you know the, from the discussion is that one thing is that we can club some of the meetings you know that we are already doing like clubbing we are doing that with uh, the demo and the retro so we are clubbing that and the second part that you know we have done is um, uh, so what happens is let's say there are 30 people in a meeting so not 30 people are actually needed in that meeting maybe only you know one person who is representing the team or one de one, one developer is only needed in that meeting so there's no point of inviting the entire team uh, there. 
I mean, no one will gain anything from that. So we decided to cut down on that also so that, you know, we don't have a meeting where 30, 40 people are there. And then it's just, you know, with the first five, 10 minutes going goes on in the intro. And then uh, can I, can you hear me? <laughs> there is a Teams issue. So all those things. So, yeah. And, uh, and I think uh, this uh, having this too many meetings, I think this also increased with the uh, hybrid way of working or remote working. This also increased a lot during the last two, three years. Absolutely. Uh, very well said. I mean, uh, it, it has happened. I mean, previously discussion used to happen over coffee. Unfortunately, now they have to happen over Skype. Uh, and exactly. It's, it's, it's like even if for a small discussion, I have to book a meeting with you on or so Vicky with Nick, I could just quickly go over to your desk and ask that question. So, yeah, but that's that's unfortunately a, a drawback of this way of working but yeah what you said is right uh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i agree to your points both of you very well said uh, yeah man uh, after that i would like to say one small subtopic here is uh, finding innovative solutions to problems which um, uh, your team has has faced uh, in the past in some of your assignments would like to go for it so week maybe yeah it's uh, yeah it's a tricky one but i can try uh... So when we're talking about innovative solutions, I would say that having a, uh, a diverse team and having a team that is not afraid to be vocal in the meetings is very important because you won't have any innovative solution or you won't have any uh, solution you know, where people are thinking outside the box until and unless you have a team who is safe, uh, who is, I mean, who is feeling safe and who is vocal about their thoughts. Because it might be very silly, whatever the solution that they're suggesting, it might be very silly, but that might work out. But they won't say that unless they feel safe in the forum that, okay, I can, you know, speak, speak out my mind in this forum and people don't laugh at me. People don't, you know, joke if this solution does not work out. So I think it, it again goes back to the, you know, the previous topics that we discussed that, you know, having the safe environment, having a trustful, you know, uh, environment and working on the ground with the team. I mean, these three things are absolutely necessary in order to have, you know, this kind of innovative solutions come, you know, that can come out from your team itself. So yeah, I, I think, yeah, it, it, it's all connected to the you know, same area. Absolutely. I mean, the team knows best. I mean, uh, it also says in the, a scrum manifesto like the the team is the one where the knowledge workers are so they are the ones that have the the most information so yeah listen listen to your team members try to see what they have for thoughts and then try to work on them will lead to innovation yeah, yeah i agree uh, Joanna, you, you would like to add something more? Yeah, so I was thinking about this because I, I sometimes struggle a bit with this. We get stuck in like the normal way of doing stuff when I'm in an assignment where I work like 100%. This is my focus. And then I looked back and uh, at assignments where I've come in and like done just a workshop, like a more innovative workshop supporting the customers to to um, to achieve something more concrete like one outcome out of this should be and i've thought that maybe it's because i come in as an outsider they can be more open to me but now i started to think that maybe also i spend more time preparing for that because i'm not stuck in meetings uh, the days before so like we talked about before we have a lot of meetings but if I instead could spend time on setting a format and uh, really work through that, I think that uh, as a Scrum Master and facilitator, I could help the team to think in a different way and to use this diversity that we have in the team and all the different knowledge. But what is needed is really that we take a step back and 
create a form of, or format that allows that. I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. It's like uh, taking two steps back uh, in order to have maybe four steps ahead uh, in time. And it's at that point, it's good that you have a good retrospective. Uh, people have chance to speak their mind and see, okay, what, what could be a next step? And then trying that as a, a proof of concept, maybe for a couple of weeks, and then seeing how good or bad we are progressing or not progressing, and then taking the next step. I mean, that kind of promotes this innovation and innovative way of working. And one more thing is that people should have that buffer or time to think out of the box if they are too busy in the spring. So I don't think they have enough time to even observe what's happening beyond their team, what someone else is trying or what, what uh, maybe Spotify is trying or who is trying what and why are they doing it, why are they succeeding. So it's always good to have a little time extra for these kind of activities which can promote innovation. Yeah. Do you have to say one, uh, uh, so we, on something we'll add? Uh, I just wanted to you know, add one thing, not on this topic, but in general. I mean, this is my perspective. So I feel that you know, Sprint Retro is you know the... I mean, I would say the most difficult ceremony that, you know, I, I face as a scrum master and it is also the most effective if done correctly. So this is just my view. I just wanted to understand your views also. How do you handle the sprint retro and have you faced any challenges? Because this is something that, that is de definitely a very difficult ceremony in the in the scrum. Yeah, yes, you Johanna. Yeah. yeah, I think that I, uh, I agree with you. It is a tricky one because if we want to continue to improve over time, we rely a lot on the retro. So it's a lot of built in like expectations on what to achieve in the retro. And I think from my perspective, it's once again, like taking the time to prepare and uh, to be spending time also in the check-in so that we can talk about different things like um, what um, what is your favorite ice cream? What um, where do you want to travel? Like f fun kind of activities and check-in, so you get like more free uh, free up your brain uh, or how to say, and then you can come into this. And everyone has um, like landed for this meeting, and they can participate and bring more to the table. I think that is. But it requires more planning and prepping. But I see a big difference when I have time to do that and when I prioritize to do that, at least. I agree with you, Joanna, very, very well said. Uh, uh, I mean, it depends on which company allows which tools. But there are a lot of different tools available uh, on the, the net that you can try out with your team for different retrospectives. So it basically designed in such a way that team brings out their questions that they bring out the problems that they really face uh, even if they don't want to bring it out in a, a big forum they, they can go and write anonymously on those stickers and then based on the anonymity they have that security like okay no one will penalize me for writing this particular thing but they still have a chance of putting it up and then the scrum master and the PO will help out to uh, analyze that problem and see what is going wrong and then Try to get a better result out of it so yeah the retrospective is tricky but yeah it can be a game changer i agree i agree with both of you yeah johanna you wanted to add, add something yeah i just uh, come up came up with one thing more i think is important and that is easy to forget because if you prepare more uh, before the sessions you are more eager to have it once again from my perspective as a scrum master i have created this amazing uh, workshop format or retro format, so I want to run it. But things can happen kind of last minute, 
So we also need to be able to change so that um, something might have happened in the morning or last afternoon and we need to actually dig into that. So we also need to, to be able to change and see what is the real need. What is it that we need to focus on on the retro and not just go with the plan? Yes, very, very well said, Johanna. And I agree with both of you. I mean, uh, it's a tricky one, definitely, but yeah, it can be a game changer if it can be done, you know, properly. And uh, yeah, it, it all comes comes down to, you know, uh, and you know, giving the free space, thinking, you know, just giving some sort of space to the team to think and yeah, trying different sort of retro. And I think another effective way would have been, you know, if this uh, hybrid model did not happen, then sitting in a room or going out for a coffee or lunch, having, you know, that kind of, you know, face-to-face -face conversation that is always much more, you know, easier to understand the team dynamics. You can just look at the other person and see how he is feeling on a on a general basis, not on the retro. I think, yeah, that is something that, you know, that is missing now, but yeah, that, that would have been extremely great. Amazing. And thank you all for um, sharing different insights. And obviously we've got some nice uh, real life stories and some silly stories as well, which is nice to hear. Um, so we'll leave it there. And this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank Vipul, Sovik and Johanna for providing their insights into the topic. And thank you for listening. If you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by my email at luxy at evolution.nordics.com. See you next time.